0: Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. Well,
1: well, well, welcome back. Dr. Stephen Green here, the Success Doctor, with yet another episode of the Make the Great in the Entrepreneur Cafe podcast. Let me ask you a question, folks, especially if you're in business. Do you ever worry about your brand? Do you ever worry about people think about what you are? Like, like if somebody says, make the great, I would hope they'd have a, an impression. They've got an idea of what I do, who I am, what I stand for, what I deliver. But it doesn't happen by accident, Right. So I have my guest today, Rachel Jenks, aka The Brand Boss, and she is an expert in all things brand development, personal, and business. Rachel, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, Steve. Thanks so much for having me today.
1: I thank you for taking some time out. And let me tell you something, folks. This is like the fourth time we've tried to do this. This person is very, very busy, maybe even busier than I am. If that's possible. Um, no, she really is. She's, she's got, she's in high demand. People want to work with her. It's fantastic. So we are very lucky to have her. Let me, let me, let me tell you a little bit about her. And then we're going to get right into the fun stuff. Rachel Jenks, the brand boss, founder, owner, brand boss, more than 22 years experience working in public communication, 16 plus in graphic design yeah, for artistic. Rachel's passion is empowering business owners to rock your brand like a boss. Quote, I'm tired of seeing business owners and entrepreneurs taken advantage of or feeling pressure to keep up with every marketing trend out there rather than being true to who they are as a company and bringing real solutions to people you serve. At the end of the day, there's nothing more powerful. Trust comes before transactions. When you can create that kind of experience for people, you build an unstoppable brand. Unquote. That is a fantastic quote. We're going to come back to that because I like that. Her off-the-beaten-path career has spanned multiple roles in various countries, four cities, three states, professional ballet. I didn't know that you were a ballerina. Management, event production, business strategy, national international public relations, graphic design, and marketing. She had the opportunity to work with organizations of all sizes, industries to amplify the power of their brands through brand strategy, brand experience consulting, brand development, brand content, brand packaging, UI UX brand strategy, brand design, multimedia advertising, marketing, live event production, E learning, 3D animation, video photography, and art direction. That's a lot of branding, Rachel. She's the host of her own podcast called The Brand Boss Show and YouTube channel. She's an author, and I do not doubt this all, a very highly demand, highly in demand public speaker. When she's not strategizing powerful brand experience and coaching business owners, she found off on an adventure and saving the moment with one she loves, including her studio manager's podcast and lady podcast. So first of all, as a cat lover to another cat lover, welcome again to the Make Great Podcast. That is quite a bio. I don't even know where to start, but I'm going to start with, tell me why branding? Why is branding in your mind? You're the brand boss. Why is it so critical to the success of a business and an individual?
0: Thank you, Steve. I love this question. Branding is so important because of what I said in that quote there, because what branding really does is established trust, you know, and to talk about that, we have to talk about what branding is. So if I can just go into that for a minute, when it comes to branding, most people jump to the colors, the visuals, the messaging, and that is just one little tiny piece of the equation. Because when we think branding, we think Old West branding, right? Cattle branding. No, branding is not about putting your mark on something branding is the mark that every experience that anyone has with you on any level makes in the minds of your customers, your potential customers, your collaborators, your community, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you think about this, this is true. One of the things I get passionate about, Steve, is that business and real life are not different. People think that they are, but they're not. When you think about people that you have met, What do we say? They made an impression. What happened in that moment? A mark was made in your mind of who that person is. And now every substantial interaction, you're going to go into it with an expectation of this is who this person is. This is what branding does. So whether it's your business, whether it's your personal brand, every interaction that anybody has with you on any level, is that opportunity to build or break trust in that experience? It is mm. branding, it is making a mark on their minds. That is your brand.
1: Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. There is. So let's say, let's say you, you get a brand new client. And I, I don't know if you would work with a brand new business differently than you might an established one that's trying to maybe rebrand or reposition in a sense. What's the first thing you do? Where do What's where, the starting point? Where sure. would somebody do an analysis?
0: Sure. The process is essentially the same. If you have an established business, you would do this step and then you would analyze what's already in place and say, hey, is that congruent with this or not? Mm-hmm. The first place to start is always identity. The true foundation of every successful brand begins with identity. Why? Because oh. when you know who you are, you can operate from that place. If you don't know who you are, then you are not going to operate from that place. You're probably going to operate from a lot of different places and send all kinds of mixed messages out into the world of who you are. So in order to really build that trust of that consistent identity, because again, we've all been burned by experiences where somebody hasn't been who we thought they were, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest ways to break relationships, break friendships, break business transactions. However, we forget that when it comes to our businesses. So in order to make sure that somebody is not having that inconsistent experience, we have to make sure the experience they have with us is consistent, which requires us knowing the identity of our brand. So if you think about, Steve, somebody that you know really well, like your wife, for example, how would you describe her to me? It's okay. We're on air.
1: (laughs) That's true. Is she listening out there? Um... Well, I I would use words like caring, Um, very family oriented, very dedicated, especially to her career, Um, likes to travel, Um, likes cats too, (laughs) although she's actually a little bit allergic to them. So I always thank her for tolerating our our furry pets, furry friend pets. Um, I'm trying to think of something else, another adjective here. Uh, Good cook, very good cook.
0: See, wow. I love all these. These are great. Now, well, did you know notice- married?
1: we've been married more than a couple of months? It took, me, it took me if I get one a year. I got a whole pile of them.
0: <laughs> I love that. So if you think about that, notice you didn't tell me anything about you want one what more? she likes to you want wear. One more? Sure. Yeah. Give me one more.
1: She doesn't like when people leave dishes in the sink. Yeah. Not that I've ever done that. Ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. Not once. Ever.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, it's never happened.
1: Ever, never, never. Well, we got kids. I mean, they they do it every time. Yes, anyway. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just thought no, I'd throw no, that in fine. there. Just to clear you're the air. I know what people are thinking. I make the bed every day. <laughs> Good true. job. And, and dishes. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Go on. No, you're great. So when you are describing her to me, notice mm-hmm. you didn't tell me what she's wearing. You didn't tell me her favorite color. You didn't tell me these things, right? Why? Because the real way that we get to know somebody Mm. that we build that relationship with goes Mm. far, far deeper than anything on the surface level. So to really understand the identity of your brand You have to go so much deeper than anything that's on the surface. And so the very first step in our brand boss blueprint process is to dig into the identity of your brand. We have a 90 minute session and we go really deep asking all of these kinds of questions. Again, when people think about this, they think about mission and values and all that. That's part of it. right?
1: Right.
0: Yeah, that's part of it, but it's not the whole picture. So you have to really go deep into what is the true identity of our company, of my personal brand, whatever the case may be. When you know who you are, you can operate from that place because there's a difference between walking in identity and walking in a persona. Hmm. And so many Let me ask you you sort of the
1: devil's advocate question. Go for it. What if somebody says- let's just, let's use a third party example. Let's say somebody has a, they're, they're trying to think of a business where you just want to kind of get something done. somebody's Somebody's a car repair. Somebody does car repair. Okay. My car breaks. I want to get my car fixed, right? My, my priority is I want to take it to wherever it is, have them fix it. Hopefully not have to take a second mortgage to pay for it and drive home. Right. Maybe I'm not so concerned about, I don't know, the trust, I guess. Well, let's think about it. You need trust, right? You need honesty. that That's one thing I always say, Hey, the car mechanic's honest, right? That's a big thing. You may sometimes even willing to pay more because of the honesty and the value. See, it all makes sense. But, I, but I, what I was trying to bring up was the idea. Let's say somebody just wants, like, if you walk in uh, the supermarket to buy a, a cucumber, you're not really that worried about you know, the whole branding experience. But then again, it's the same thing. You don't want to go into sort of a, a crappy, dirty place where the stuff looks bad. You want to go where lighting is good. Why, why don't, why, well, obviously branding matters because of your public perception, right? Would it be different? I mean, I'm a solo entrepreneur. You, you're you mostly, you're not entirely a solo person. Would you have the exact same conversation, let's say in a business that had fifty employees or a thousand or um, you know giant you know big big corporation is it the same is it the same blueprint 100%
0: hmm. 100% the same blueprint the true foundation of every successful brand begins with identity when you know who you are you can operate from that place it doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur it doesn't matter if you're a corporation of thousands it doesn't hmm. matter if you're a supermarket or a vegan cafe or whatever the case may be the same thing applies. So you said you go into a grocery store to buy a cucumber. You might not care about the branding, but what you don't realize is all of the branding pieces that have gone into place to create that experience. Can you get to the cucumber quickly? Do you know, is it you know certified organic if that's important to you? Do Is it displayed well? Are they like gross? And, you know, we've all seen the ones that are like past their time in there Mm -hmm. and there's like flies buzzing around
1: goes right through it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like all of these things. It's so much bigger. That's why I really. I get so passionate about right. making mm. sure people understand that it's bigger than the visuals. It's not about the sign on the front of the store. That's only part of it. No,
1: no it's all, it's like you said, it's about the experience.
0: Every element of that experience. Mm. Does it smell in there? Does it smell like cleaning fluid? Are there people when you, you know, when you come in, are the people who welcome you actually welcoming, you know, or do they make you feel like you're ruining so their day? There's all talk, of these components.
1: So let's talk about the psychology here.
0: Yeah. And I'd by the way, to. this
1: is the Make the Great in the Entrepreneur Cafe podcast. My guest, Rachel Jenks, the brand boss, she is bringing some serious value today. I'm telling you, if you've been learning something already, you're either sleeping or you're not paying attention because this is fantastic. I'm learning stuff. I always try to learn stuff, but I'm really learning stuff. This is great. Okay. So it's about identity. It's about customer experience. It's about all this. It's about trust before transaction, right? Yeah. I, I, did I quote you correctly? You sure did. Um. Why don't more businesses worry about this? Are they just so bottom line oriented? It's just, or they just don't care. They don't want to invest in it. Why is it? Why is this an issue? Why isn't it just natural? Cause it seems to make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. I think there's two reasons. The first one is that not all business owners understand what branding is. Mm. There's this conception and it's said all the time, branding and marketing. Like it's the same thing. They're not, they're two very different things. You need them both, but you need to remember that they're separate. So when people think of branding, they think of slapping a logo on a billboard. No, that is not branding. That Probably is not
1: the way you're defining. It.
0: No, not at all. And so when you think about branding, you have to understand this experience that whether you think you have a brand or you don't, you have one. And if you haven't put strategy into it, it may not be the one that you want. Everybody has a brand. Everybody, people are interacting with you. But is that brand communicating the true identity of your company? Is that brand delivering the experience you want them to have when they interact with you? This is the importance of working with a brand strategist. This is the importance of dialing it in, right? Because like I said, if you don't know who you are, and you haven't taken the time to dig into that, then the odds are high that you are probably sending all kinds of mixed messages through the experiences that people are having with you, whether online, offline, doing business with you, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And you're confusing people. And customers you confuse become customers that you lose. It's just the truth. So I think the main reason Mm -hmm. is that, thank you. I think the main reason is that people don't, particularly business owners, don't always understand what branding is and why it matters, the power of building trust, trust really does come before transactions, whether you're buying a cucumber or a million dollar house, you're not gonna do business with somebody you don't trust, with a product you don't trust, with a company you don't trust, all of those things. This is why trust matters so much and branding builds trust. I think the other reason that business owners have not historically prioritized branding all the time. Although if you look at, you know, the top ones, like we all know Nike, Google, Amazon, right? Like, McDonald's, Coke, McDonald's, Apple, like I could go on and on and on. What have they done? They've been very strategic about their brand. So you might not think it matters, but if some of the biggest companies in the world think it matters, Success leaves clues, right? Mm. So there's been a lot of, honestly, bad education out there about what branding is and isn't. And people have this idea. I'm, I'm going to get on a soapbox for a minute. Can I do that?
1: Two minutes maximum.
0: All right, go. Time <laughs> <Sign> me. <laughs> no, but so many people are like, oh, we did a rebrand. We have a new logo. Oh, I went to Fiverr. I got a logo. No, congratulations, you have a a graphic design, you don't have a brand. Mm -hmm. And I am saying this as somebody who was in the design field for 16 years. And I have seen it time and time again, people get this graphic design because that's what it is. Now I'm not discrediting it Is it part of your brand? Yes, but it's your name tag. It's not the totality of your experience. So people go out and they get a logo and they're like, great, we have a brand. And they go on and they don't take the time to really make sure, first of all, is that graphic design even congruent with the identity of your brand or not, right? Is this really who we are? And what is the bigger picture? Is there even a strategy behind it? Or you just pick something that you thought looked cool, which by the way, might be the exact template that 50 other people use, right? So, or 50,000 other businesses use. Hmm. So I'm just saying, these are the two reasons that I think that business owners don't always prioritize branding. One, they don't understand what it is. And two, which is also part of not wondering, not understanding what it is. They slap a logo on something. Okay, we put our mark on it. We have a brand. No, you don't. And if that mark is not congruent with the identity of your company, there is going to be a disconnect. People are going to feel it. It's actually going to drive away customers that you could serve because of neuroscience, which we can talk about if you want to in a minute. That,
1: that's on the list. That is on all the right.
0: List. It's going to drive them away and they might not even be able to articulate it, but they're going to feel that disconnect this is not in alignment with the true identity
1: of this company. I here, everybody, but it's, but this is so powerful. Let me, let me just clarify something and correct me if you have a different opinion. Sure. Branding is the identity of your, you slash your business. There's more to it than that, but let's just simplify for a second. Whereas marketing are the actions to let the public know what you do and particularly your target audience. Correct. It's generalizing, but I just want people who maybe aren't, you know, didn't go to school for marketing or whatever, clarify yeah. that. Now you're right. Very often they get blurred because people assume your brand markets for you and market your brand and vice versa. And, and a really, really well-established brand can do this. But as you correctly pointed out, they didn't become a well-established brand overnight. They Correct. become a well-established brand through strategic, strategic planning, uh, emphasizing it over and over and over and over and getting it to, it, into almost into the collective consciousness so let, let's talk about this. Like I, I was an uh, educational psychology. That's what my doctorate's in. I'm very interested in human behavior, neuroscience, things like this. There's a lot of psychology in play here, right? Because you, you want, on some level, an emotional trigger, right? Yes. You didn't say that, but I'm, I know this as a psychologist. So somebody says, wow, I really like what Steve's doing. I really like what Rachel, the brand boss, is doing. I feel this kind of attachment even though I don't even know where it came from because what's going on is resonating with me, right. On some vibrational or whatever field. Talk about that. Talk about the neuroscience. Talk about the psychology. This could probably be a book, but obviously that's important. Why is it important and how do you develop without being manipulative?
0: Yes. I love that Uh you added that part.
1: Well, because, because people do that. They do. Companies can do that. And it's sometimes not the best thing in the world, but please address that. I'm very curious what you're going to say here.
0: Absolutely. So a good friend of mine, Dr. Darlene Mayo is a neuroscientist neurosurgeon. And I had the honor of interviewing her on the brand boss show podcast. It's episode six of season two. If you want to check it out, anybody who's listening, it's a powerful conversation. You have
1: seasons in your podcast.
0: I do. I just have
1: one, like I just number them like, I think you're going to be like 174 or something. Yeah, I just I don't it know. It works.
0: It works. You got what do season. What are you up to free.
1: what season? Are you season up to season three. Dang,
0: so prolific. Thank Anyhow, you. Anyhow, <laughs> so, so your
1: friends, a neurosurgeon, neuroscientist, neuro expert. Yes,
0: know. yes, yes, yes. Neuroscientist, neurosurgeon, and so I loved the conversation we had about this because everything that I. Knew to be true from a branding perspective and from a marketing perspective, Mm -hmm, she gave mm -hmm. the neuroscience language too. So I will preface this by saying, Mm. I am not a neuroscientist. I am repeating this from a neuroscientist. But but you had
1: one on your podcast. So that makes you a surrogate. Yes, yes. I'm not even trying to play one on TV. That's okay.
0: (laughs) But this is the reality. So in each one of our brains, there is something that has been identified as the identity center. It's mm. where our identity is stored, who we are, right? Mm. It's the same place where the goal orientation, goal-taking center is stored.
1: You, you want to know so, what that word is called?
0: Yes, please. It's called
1: the homunculus.
0: Thank you. There you go. So that, yeah, that actually is that is,
1: the, that is the anatomical term. It was actually coined originally by the, the Greeks were aware of this, like Plato and Aristotle and these people, they just didn't have the neuro medical science and they didn't have like CAT scans and stuff back then, but, but, but the, the, um, at least theoretical neurological center where your soul, the Greeks called it your soul and the Romans called it your soul is called the homunculus.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah, well, yeah I, I
1: used to be really good at trivial pursuit. So.
0: <laughs> I, bet hey, you yeah, know. I didn't
1: mean to interrupt you. I just thought that. I thought no, no,
0: I'm that. so glad you did. I'm going to try to remember that word homunculus. homunculus. So in the homunculus, the identity center of your brain, which mm-hmm. is also where the goal center of your brain is. That is right. That's your true identity. But then over time, what happens is we have these various experiences, social pressures, people say things, whatever. And it creates these neural pathways that become like this web over the homunculus. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly over the identity center of our brain. And the more that neural web is created, the more it hinders us from functioning in our true identity. Mm-hmm. Now, we've all had this, right? Somebody says, oh, you can't do this, and so you go do something else. Or maybe somebody said you can't do this, and so you go yeah, do it.
1: It's what, Freud would call a st- it's what Freud would have called a stigma.
0: Yeah, a stigma. Or people mm-hmm. say things about you, or you have these circumstances in your life that cause you to believe this thing, or just all of these things. Like I have a funny example that for most of my growing up life, I didn't articulate what my favorite color was because mm. I didn't have one because I love all the colors. I, I truly do. But mm. when people ask me my favorite color, I would answer whatever my best friend's favorite color was, which was mm. purple. And so it wasn't until I was in my twenties that finally I was like, and so people would buy me purple stuff and they would, you know, <laughs> and then when I was in my twenties, oh, I was
1: purple like, wardrobe.
0: yeah, <laughs> like I had a purple backpack all through high school, right. All this stuff, people would assume that I wanted purple. And then, you know, it just, it kind of went from there. So it wasn't until my twenties that I was like, you know what? I actually don't have a favorite color, but if I did, it would probably be like aqua teal. So as you can probably tell. Um, but so if
1: you're listening to this, that, that is her branding color.
0: That is my branding color. I my primary behind one.
1: Behind her in her, in her uh, presentation, your aqua teal.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so anyway, so that's just an example. So it can be big things. It can be little things. All of these things that create these neural pathways that keep us from operating out of our true identity. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. When you undo those neural pathways... And you show up operating in your true identity. This is the part I love. So let me back up for a minute. So everybody's identity center resonates with the identi- with certain identity centers, right? There is somebody whose identity center is gonna resonate with yours. Like hmm. we were talking about before we got on, Steve, like there's a couple of entrepreneurs, we were in a conversation yesterday and you said, mm-hmm. I think we think alike. There's something about the identity centers of our brain that resonates with each other, hmm. right? Now, okay. that is true. And it will literally attract people to you who resonate with your, who's, identity center resonates with your identity center. This is a proven thing in marketing psychology. Now, if you are operating, and by the way, this is true for you as a person and your company, if you are showing up not in alignment with your true identity, they will feel it and it will actually push them away and they won't be able to articulate it. But there's something that's off because they're resonating with your identity center, but you're not showing up in your true identity. So it will Mm -hmm. actually repel the people who are being drawn to you now on the flip side. And this is what I said a minute ago. This is the part I get so passionate about Mm -hmm. when we show up in our true identity and operate that way, it literally starts to jailbreak and undo the neural pathways of the people who are connecting with us and start to free them to operate in their true identity as well. So when you show up in the true identity of who you are, it literally has the power to jailbreak the minds of your customers, your potential customers, your team, the people who do business with you, which is so powerful. So not only are you building trust, you're actually freeing them to be who they are.
1: Just gonna take a minute and let everybody digest all that. Because that no, I, it makes it makes a lot of sense, especially when you see the whole idea developed. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna assume maybe at least partly that this is the whole idea of the your power of authenticity. Yes. Right. So if I can summarize this, let me make sure I understand it. If you are projecting branding that is authentic to your real true identity you will naturally attract people who resonate or are uh, attracted to that type of identity. And everybody just is very happy because it's a very harmonious, natural, sort of meant to be uh, situation. Correct. But, but if you're inauthentic, is, is unauthentic?
0: Yeah, inauthentic.
1: Uh, <laughs> inauthentic, you know, it didn't sound right when I said it. If you're inauthentic, you actually have the reverse effect because the people who would have been attracted to you not because they're disconnected and lastly when you're authentic you can help people to break down and maybe even your own stigmas and what was the word you use the web or something that was blocking your true identity
0: the web of neural pathways it kind
1: of breaks through and it's sort of your true identity is stronger and it's like uh when the Hulk breaks out of the thing and is the hero at the end of the movie absolutely dang so your your role as brand boss is to help people identify this Put it into action, stay consistent with it, and the rest just takes care of itself.
0: It does. And of course, hmm. you know, when you say take care of itself, of course it's a process and well, it takes right, right. time. I mean in the sense but- that
1: the natural ebb and flow of like law of attraction and all that will just get stronger and stronger and stronger and happen more quickly than it did it's before. True.
0: It's true. And this isn't just some woo-woo thing. Like there's actually neuroscience mm-hmm. that backs this up.
1: So. We to episode two, three, season two, six. Uh,
0: yeah, episode, episode six,
1: season two. Episode six, season two, branding right in the there. brain. There you go. Yeah.
0: She says it way more articulately than I can. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We'll get her on my podcast. We'll see what she's made of. I'm sure she's yeah. my grand boss. <laughs> um, Is there anything we didn't talk about you want to get into?
0: I think I would love to talk about for a minute the power of owning your difference. Can I talk about that?
1: Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I just we're I'm conscious of time and we're not in a rush rush here at all. But I just okay. want to make sure we we got everything you want to vocalize here.
0: Oh, I appreciate it. Power that. what was that
1: called exactly? The power of
0: the power of owning your difference.
1: Owning your difference. Wow. Okay. And it so let me, goes let me ask you a question, Rachel. Yeah. Can you talk about the power of owning your difference? <laughs>
0: I would love to, Steve. Thanks for asking that question. You're
1: you're welcome. You're welcome. I just had a sense that you wanted to talk about that. I'm not sure where it came from. It must have been from my homunculus as we resonate on the same frequency, 3,000 miles apart. All right. So tell me, tell me about this and tell everybody about this, please. By the way, this is the Make the Great in the Entrepreneur Cafe podcast. My guest, the brand boss, Rachel Jenks. Rachel, tell us about it.
0: This goes right along with everything that we've been talking about. And this involves the neuroscience that we just talked about, but on even a more emotional level, Mm. because when it comes to marketing, there is so much emphasis on keeping up with your competitors and doing what everybody else is doing and using the same templates and doing this and looking like everybody else and whatever there is what I have dubbed a chameleon crisis in marketing. And so many business owners do this because they think that's what they have to do. They have to look like everybody else. They have to be doing what everybody else is doing. Being a chameleon is great if you don't want to get eaten by predators, but is blending in really what you want for your business. The point of marketing is to connect you with the people that you serve. And if you don't stand out, there is so much noise, you're not gonna cut through it. So fitting in is a great strategy for the playground, but a horrible one for marketing. It's a good way to blend in and not get noticed. So here is the thing, when it comes to identity, one of the reasons that I see business owners hesitant sometimes to really show up, particularly in a personal branding space, as who they really are is there's imposter syndrome, first of all, a lot of times. Will this be enough? Will it, you know, and then say, well, I, I don't know if they're going to like that. I don't know if they're going to. Well, this goes back to the identity center. The people whose identity center resonates with yours, whose homunculus resonates with your homunculus, that's who they're looking for. So particularly when it comes to this conversation about personal branding, you don't, and please don't do this, don't have to create this persona that somebody other than who you are, because there are people right now out there looking for you, who they need Mm -hmm. you to be is who you are. And if, if you show up as some persona of who you think they want you to be, who you think you have to be, They're not going to see the real you and it's going to turn them off Mm. when who you are
1: counterproductive. It's
0: actually counterproductive because who they are looking for, who the identity center of their brain is going to resonate with is the real you. This is the power of having the courage to own your difference. And I say courage because it Mm. takes courage. And just to tell a quick story from my own life, I'll bring this real personal and, and hit it home. The morning of my 38th birthday, Steve, Mm. I woke up to the voice of shame screaming in my head, another year older. And what do you have to show for it? What do you even have to show for your life? Mm. Now, at that time, my business was two years old and growing. I was well-known in the community. People would ask me all the time. Hey, can we go for coffee? Can we do lunch? I'd love to hear your story. And I would come home and they'd say, you know, Rachel, you're so inspiring. That was the word everybody used about me was so inspiring. But when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see inspiring. I saw different because Hmm. at 38 years old, I didn't know any other single young women building businesses. There was nobody in my circle, even in my community that I saw doing that. I was different. So all I saw was different and my entire life. I have always been different. I am five foot tall when the sun is shining. I was the ballerina who walked funny in high school. I actually love learning. I always have. I'd rather be on a hike than at the mall. Like all of these things I have never fit in in one way or the other with any social circle in my entire life. I've always been different. And different had pain associated with it. There was bullying. There was all kinds of stuff. There was rejection. There was hurt. There was, I'm not like everybody else. There's all of these things that different had wrapped up in it, and that had become such a source of pain for me. So all of that kind of came to a head that morning of my 38th birthday. Now, what I didn't realize is that what made me so inspiring to them was the same thing that had made me feel shameful to myself, which was Hmm. being different. And so that day I had a really powerful conversation with a mentor of mine, shout out to Dan Morey, That really changed the trajectory of my life and took me on this journey of looking at the seasons of my life where different had been and seeing how it was actually a gift, how being different is actually a gift, how it was actually my superpower. Even as a ballet dancer, Steve, the ultimate goal for most ballet dancers is to look like everybody else, to fit in, to be part of the core where everybody looks the same that's never going to be me between my stage presence and my size and all of that. Nothing about me was ever made to blend in. I was born to stand out and so were you. And so was your business. And so when you are different, not everybody is going to understand, but the people who do resonate with you are going to be drawn to you. This is why it takes courage to own your difference. When you have the courage to own your difference, that's how you're going to stand out. And the people who resonate with who you are, are going to be drawn to you. They're going to be finding you. And actually, you're the solution that they've been looking for. And when you have the courage to own your difference, it gives other people the courage to own theirs as well.
1: Well, first of all, that was very powerful uh, Mia culpa. But I think the lesson in it is a number of things, if I can say this. One is you cannot be afraid to follow the path that you're meant to walk on. Yes. That's kind of my metaphor, but I think that's basically what you're saying. And I think the second thing is that you, your, your strengths are what you're given. Yes. Everybody is blessed with certain strengths and weaknesses in their lives. It's just, it's just how it is. It's how we come out of the box. And are the people who learn to amplify their strengths – and maybe downplay their weaknesses or, or improve them and do it in a, I'm gonna use your terms or in kind of my terms, an authentic and genuine way are the ones that have the most success. And, and success can be measured a million ways. We, we haven't even used once any financial measuring stick here, right? And, and, and we're not going, we don't need to, because this is really all about creating a, uh, where do I want to use uh, brand is authentic. So that it basically attracts what you want to yourself, which in turn will get you those other things.
0: Absolutely. That comes I, I, before I, transactions.
1: I, I should be your marketing person.
0: You should. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, listen, there is so much to unpack here. Um, l- let's do this. Can we, first of all, fantastic, Rachel. I, I really, really enjoyed having you on here today. Mm. How would people get a hold of you? Somebody says, this is so inspiring. OMG. I need to set up Whatever a consultation, whatever you call it in your world, with how do they get a hold of you?
0: Or do you would, offer this? Yeah, I sure do. I would be delighted to have that conversation. You can go to brandbossstudio.com.
1: Okay, brandbossstudio.com. Got it.
0: And you will see a link there to book a call. You can get on my calendar. You can also subscribe to the Brand Boss Show podcast, of course, and get more wisdom like this. And you can find me at the Brand Boss Show on Instagram on TikTok, YouTube. on YouTube, on Facebook.
1: Dang. You know what my new goal in life is? What? Be on the Brand Boss podcast.
0: Hey, hey, let's do it.
1: I have to have my, my people call your people.
0: All right. <laughs> have your people call me. my people. We'll do That's lunch right. and
1: we'll it. We, will. we will work <laughs> it out. No, this was really good. And, and listen, there's, like I said, there's a lot here to unpack and you don't have to do it all at once. I've been running my business 28 years. It took me a while to really figure out, and I'm going to tell you, I haven't figured it all out yet, what worked and what didn't work. You know, you got to kiss a few frogs before you find a prince, Um, if I can use that metaphor. (laughs) You know, when you were saying the whole thing about feeling different, I couldn't help but think of Belle from Beauty and the Beast. I don't know why. I just happened to see that one of my students uh, was was Belle, was the Belle, Belle if you don't know this, I I assume everybody knows Beauty and the Beast. Uh, It's basically the female ingenue lead of the show. And her whole thing is that she's different. So she's sort of outcast, but at the same time, sort of everybody sort of wants to be like her. And in the end, she gets her prince.
0: One of favorite Disney character, Steve.
1: (laughs) There there you go. Well, I I could see why you would relate to that. I could see that because it's a very relatable story. Um, you know, in the world. Do you want to play everybody's favorite makes a great podcast game, the fave five?
0: Of course I do. Let's go.
1: Okay. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw out a topic. There's usually five of them. Sometimes I lose count. And you tell me your favorite one. Now, I got to seriously, the first one I always ask people, you already told us what it is, which is color. So I'm <laughs> going to get to go one B. All right. So your, your favorite color. Aqua teal. You're sticking with that, right?
0: I'm sticking with that. Technically, I love all the colors, but yes, if I had to pick one, you happen one, to know
1: that. the uh, the HTML hex code for it?
0: Oh, you're gonna put me on the spot.
1: Some people do. Like, I know mine. I have like I a make do. the gray green, and I have an entrepreneur blue, and it's it's two F. It's two C two nine five six. That's the make the great green, by the way.
0: It's slipping my mind at the moment, but I do know it. I can look there
1: it up. You, you know, you're <laughs> way up there on a the nerdy chart when you know the hex code.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: The HTML hex code for your brand color. I can give color.
0: you the Pantone color as well.
1: So, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that. Okay. So let's <laughs> substitute instead of color. Let's go number one. Let's start with an easy one. Favorite season of the year.
0: Ooh, summer.
1: Summer. Okay. Favorite food.
0: This is a hard one. Um,
1: you can say more than one. But-
0: okay. I can say more than one. I really love ethnic cuisine so I love like Thai and Indian mm. and Mexican. I also I'm a big snacker so I really love charcuterie. Like give me some mm-hmm. good cheese and dried fruits and olives. And I'm a happy girl.
1: <laughs> there you go. Music, what kind of music you like.
0: I'm pretty eclectic. You're going to see this about me. I have like lots. I'm very multifaceted. Yeah, I figured you, you were. I, I
1: didn't take you for like a Garth Brooks kind of a fan.
0: No, it really, honestly, it depends on my mood. And I'm more, I choose songs that I love more by the lyrics than by Mm. the music, but then I also love instrumental. So I love what's
1: on, what's, uh, what's on your playlist right now?
0: Oh, on my playlist right now. Anything? Uh, I got a bunch of them trying to think of some that your audience would know. I mean, I do love Ed Sheeran's perfect. That's kind of always on my list. Hmm. But then I also love John Powell and I love country and I love, uh, you know, Latin music and I love classical and I love I'm, I'm just a very diverse. I
1: mean, in, I'm into I don't know if you have XM, <laughs> Sirius XM, X, Sirius XM Channel 151. If you have Sirius XM, it's called Caliente. It's like this salsa. Channel.
0: Yes, I do salsa dancing. So really, I you. do something I just started recently just for fun.
1: Salsa dancing. Incredible. A Renaissance person. <laughs> Favorite vacation place? Favorite place to vacation?
0: Favorite vacation place is in Florida on the beach with my family.
1: Okay. This one I have a feeling we could talk about for a little while. What's on your bucket list?
0: On my bucket list, traveling the world. I have had the privilege of visiting many places in the world, but I want to travel the world and hike all the most beautiful places.
1: Hmm. This is going to be a toughie.
0: Okay.
1: Favorite podcast.
0: Oh, a trick question. (laughs)
1: It's sort of loaded. (laughs) It's kind of a loaded question, but I'll give you two. How about I'll give you two.
0: You'll give you two. All right. (laughs) So favorite of all time. This Mm -hmm. is favorite of all time.
1: Yeah. Just favorite podcast. You can interpret the question how you want. You're the guest.
0: There's so many, it depends on the topic. Um, so, one that I particularly love is called the Rainmaker Family Show.
1: Rainmaker Family Show. Okay.
0: And uh, it's hosted by my friends, Stephen and Chelsea Diaz, who are amazing. It's all about passive income, oh, entrepreneurial okay. life, particularly entrepreneurial life, family balance, all that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, it's a great, great, great show. Um, Making the Grade podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I've I feel like I should like slip
1: that in there. Hey, um, that is that is the correct answer. Ding! <laughs>
0: so the Brand
1: Boss podcast, uh, the Brand Boss brain, show.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I I, 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 I,
1: I got to be honest. I I listened to one because I wanted to get a little background. Yeah, I do. I do yeah. research on my guests. Right? I get all kinds sure. of notes and stuff. Um, if you if you like the energy, you like the energy Rachel brought today. You should hear it on the podcast.
0: Thank
1: you. It's it's it's, it's really good. It, it was real I I didn't listen to that like a lot of them, but I kind of listened to a little of several of them. That's all I got. Listen, all I right. want to thank you for coming on. This this, like I said in the beginning, is an honor to have you on. Um, this podcast is about success principles. My goal is to take get experts or people that got something to say that can help anybody who's listening to this, whether you're a student, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a business person, whether whatever you're doing, and accelerate. Your journey on the path of success. That is our goal. So today you got a ton of values, ton of nuggets. I would really encourage you to reach out to Rachel, brandbossstudio.com, Facebook Bandbrush, Brand Band Boss, Brand Boss Show, so on and so on. Rachel, anything you want to say in closing?
0: Thank you so much for having me today, Steve. This was really an honor to be here and to share with the making the great community.
1: There we go. So let's let's uh, bring this out. What, is, what does the audience think of today's show? Look at that. Live studio audience giving their impression. Thank you very much, people. Let's roll the music here. So uh, this is Steve Green, the Make the Great and Entrepreneur Cafe podcast. Yeah, we got two of them now. It's incredible. Until I split them, it's all about success. all about your success. Creating it, sustaining it, branding it. Being true to yourself, authenticity, consistency, and everything else. We'll see you next time. If you want to be on the Make the Great podcast, please reach out and please share. Please subscribe. And we will see you next time.
0: You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please
1: visit MakeTheGrade.net.